It's beginning to rain, it's beginning to rain. Hear the voice of the Father, saying, Whosoever will come drink of the water, for I'm pouring my Spirit on your sons and your daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, look up to the sky. It's beginning to rain. That is the promise of the blessed restoration on the way. God is sending a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I know it in my being. And to Jesus be the glory, honor, and praise. And thank you today for joining me. Beautiful teaching again today. Embracing the cross of Jesus. I talked about this yesterday. I'm going to continue today. Wonderful Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you showed us yesterday, what you're going to show us today. Bless your people, Lord, in a blessed way today. In your precious holy name. And let this be a blessed Christmas week for all of us. And a great coming new year in Jesus' name. Amen. We talked about embracing the cross yesterday. And to embrace the cross, we embrace, number one, it's shame, it's weakness, and it's death. It's shame, it's persecution. Paul talks about the offense of the cross in Ephesians 5. So he says, will I stop being persecuted? Will the offense of the cross cease now? So when we accept the shame of the cross, the Lord Jesus took our shame on the cross. The Bible says he was he was beaten, he was spit upon, he was mocked, he was crucified naked on the cross. He carries his own cross. Before that, that's all the shame of the cross. He took our shame. And when we are persecuted, then people, you know, mock us and they say all men of evil against us, but we're, we're to rejoice. And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured that shame of the cross. And so will, will we endure persecution if we kept our eyes on the Lord Jesus. And then he took our weakness. He became weak, the Bible says, in the Psalms, in Psalm 22. And what is weakness in, in our life? The cross brings us to the end of our resources, to the end of ourselves, to the end of our strength, where we now begin to depend on the Lord and trust him. And thirdly, we die to the things of the flesh and the things of the world. So the Lord said, carry your cross and follow me. And like I said yesterday, uh, a lot of people think of the of the cross as a past tense happening where I, you know, was forgiven my sin. Yet the Lord said, no, you take that cross with you every day because not only are we free from the penalty of sin which is past, we must be free from the power of sin which is present. We are told that in Romans. And I shared all this yesterday. And one of these days we will be free from the presence of sin when the Lord returns. Now, I want to talk about something uh, very, very important now. So, once we come to the end of ourselves, once we die to the flesh, now we can begin to live the new life. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation. And so the cross offers a final solution to the problem of ongoing sin. Okay, we know that the cross brought forgiveness of past sins. But there is that blessed solution that we can be free from ongoing sin. We can we can come into an open new way to where uh, 
the resurrection comes into our life. We are resurrected into a new life. How? Okay, here's how it begins. If you want to live a life free from the past and free from past sins and live in newness of life, we have to do what Hebrews chapter 12 tells us. Because see, Jesus endured the cross by seeing what was set before him, the joy set before him. So what is our joy? Verse 2, Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus was looking beyond the cross, and he saw what the cross would accomplish. And so we must see what the cross will accomplish in our life and future. Because it was that that filled him with joy to be victorious in such suffering. And the same will happen in your life and my life. So here are four tremendous accomplishments that the cross will do for you and I. If we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we, we talked about embracing the cross. But now what will the cross accomplish for us when we accept the persecution? When we come to the end of ourselves and resources and trust God? When we die to the things of this world? What happens? Then the next thing is, is the dominion of sin now begins to break. The power of sin begins to break. So to fall into sin continually, to confess sin over and over again, is not the Christian life as it should be. That's not a normal Christian life, to confess the same sins over and over. You know, Paul asks in Romans 6, 1 and 2, he he says, shall we go on sinning? You know, do we keep confessing the same old sins? So, the cross means death to sin. It's the only solution to the problem of reoccurring sin. So, once I'm free from the power of sin, I'm free from reoccurring sin. So, I said yesterday, I want to say it again, that in many cases people look at the past, the penalty of sin. But how about the part of sin that keeps me sinning again and again and again? People and you and and I have to go back. No, that's not the real Christian life. The real Christian life is where I am free. You are free. We are free from reoccurring sins. We don't confess the same sin. So Romans 6.6 says, Our old self was crucified with him. When we accept and embrace the cross, when we identify with the shame of the cross, the weakness of the cross, the death of the cross, the persecution in our life, we accept it. The weakness, we accept it that we might be strong in him. Dying to the world, we accept it. You know... I want to read you something. I wasn't planning on it, but I want to read it to you. 
I got a very interesting text this morning from the, the man helping me write a new book on the anointing. And I've been talking to him about what I've been talking to you. And he says, Hi, Pastor Benny, I'm learning from your examples. He said, here's my Facebook post I just made. I've seen dramatic results. I've been making a habit of some old school devoted Christian practices lately. I've seen dramatic results. I've been careful not to allow my atmosphere to be polluted. I don't listen to news on the radio or television. I glance at the top headlines of the day. It takes 60 seconds. Because that's what I tell them I do now. I only watch family-style entertainment or only a limited amount of that. Of course, I'm not watching TV at all. But anyways, no language or gruesome violence or occult witchcraft or sexuality. He put this on his Facebook. Number three, limited music, mostly instrumental worship. I'm only reading scriptures or inspirational books and materials. I removed games from phones, from my phone because of the subtlety, deceptive occult symbolism. And I, I, I choose now to spend my time with the Lord listening to him instead of wasting my downtime. I'm not doing these things for religious or legalistic reasons, but just to protect the flow of the anointing with, within me as I've been writing books for ministry. There has been a dramatic difference in my life's atmosphere. So many things that we do unknowingly to us quench the Holy Spirit and it's not conductive to an atmosphere of the presence of the Lord. Try a few of these things, he says. It will surprise you. The dramatic difference, you'll see his presence will linger and linger and linger. And that's what's happened to me. It's been happening for the last four years. And I'm so proud of Jeff, who wrote this and sent it to me on, on text to see the impact that God, the Lord, is, is, is using our time together. Because he's been helping me with the book. And I told him, I said, listen, here's what I'm doing. And he began doing it. Chad has been doing it a long time, and I can tell you, I don't think, I've, I've never had such peace in my life. Chad is the same. And those who are, who would listen to what I'm saying will, will have the same peace. That's the depth, that is what I've, I've been talking about the whole time today and yesterday. Embracing the cross, bringing such joy and peace to all of us. But also, you know, the cross of, of the Lord brings us out of weakness into a new strength. So not only does the cross break the dominion of sin, the power of sin, but the cross brings us out of weakness. Because, you know, um, it's it's the path to power. So, okay, to embrace the cross is to embrace the, that weakness where we become dependent on the Lord and we come to the end of ourselves and resources. But it's also the path to power. We have to understand. In Second Corinthians... 13, Paul talks about that. Listen to what he says. So, when I come to the end of myself and resources and depend on the Lord, that brings me to a new path of power. So it says, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God. That is the pathway to power. Paul tells us that through the cross, we will live ourselves by the power of God. Number three. Number three is the cross makes us fruitful. 
I told you there will be four results. Number three, makes us fruitful. In John 12, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So precious of you to show us all this. In John 12, beginning at verse 23, the Lord says, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say to you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life will lose it. He that hates his life in this world will keep it unto life eternal. What an amazing portion. Jesus is talking here about fruit. The cross brings not only the path to power, but brings fruit into your life and my life. And so uh, here we see soul winning. You know, uh, that's the fruit the Lord is talking about. He that dies will bring fruit. Well, what is that fruit besides the victory in our lives? Well, let's look at Revelation 7. Let's look at verse 9. Beautiful. After, after, after this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, people, tongues, stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Think about the souls that will come into the kingdom when they see the real Christian life lived. With purity. So, here we see the path to fruitfulness. Wow. So, we, you and I, must be willing to fall into the ground and die. Like John 12 says. If we are to bear fruit, we have to fall into the ground and die. Paul the Apostle, in Second Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 10. This is one of my favorites. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Think about that fruit. The life of Jesus manifest in our own life and body. Don't you want that? I want that. So think about all I've been saying to you. The cross, if we embrace it, the dominion and power of sin will be broken. No more the same sins being confessed. Number two, it brings it brings you and I into the path of power. Number three, we, be, we become fruitful with soul winning. And now the life of Jesus is manifest in our flesh. Because see now, the flesh is being put to death. And number four, the cross is now the pathway to glory. Isn't that precious? Because when we accept the cross, let's look at First Peter. Let's look at verse 4. And let's, uh, sorry, chapter 4. And verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of. On your part he is glorified. So this is not something we experience only in heaven. We can begin to know it in measure here. The beginning here. If we embrace the cross. So 
Glory. Think about that. The pathway to glory. Now, let me just give you one more thing here before I say a few more things that I think will really, really help you. The Lord Jesus chose the way of the cross to glory. So I embrace the shame of the cross. I embrace the persecution of the cross. I say yes to being persecuted. What does that do for me? It brings me to that, to, to that place where now I'll be free from the power of sin. Remember what I told you. It's not about the penalty of sin. It's the power of sin today that keeps sins coming back. And it's the presence of sin tomorrow when the Lord returns that I'll no longer have to deal with it. I embrace the shame. I embrace the persecution. I embrace the weakness of the cross. Because on that cross, Jesus became weak. And we become weak in Him. And now as I become weak because of the cross, His strength becomes mine. I come to the end of myself, end of my resources. I become strong in Him. And then I embrace the death of the cross, saying no to the world. And now I come to this amazing place where I begin to see the results. Number one, I'm free from the dominion, the power of sin. Number two, God begins to bring what? Power. The path to power. Number three, fruit. Even the life of Jesus now lives in me. But look what else? Glory. In, in, in Luke, and then I'm going to show you something really, really, really powerful. So stay with me. Luke 24. Luke 24. And 26 says this. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So there are no shortcuts into the, the glory of God. And Paul tells us in Second Timothy that that is the path we take. Chapter 2 and verse 11. And verse 11. It's a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. But isn't that precious? That if we are dead with him, we will live with him. If we suffer, we will reign with him. And I don't, I don't believe anyone who will really die to self and the flesh will ever deny the Lord will ever deny the Lord. And the reason many today are walking away from the faith because they really have not lived a Christian life. And the Christian life, saints, has no limits. The minute, the minute you allow the cross to do its work by embracing its shame, its weakness, its death, it will bring you to the end of yourself and then you're going to start living the new life. If any man be in Christ is a new creature, what, what does it mean? It means the, the limits come off. You know, in the flesh there are limits. In the flesh we remember our past. In the flesh we know our present. 
in the flesh, we, we cannot even see the future. We have limits. But in the spirit, there's no limits. In the spirit, we're free from our past. We have no past record. So someone says, well, I used to do drugs. No, in God's books, it never happened. Because once you're saved, you're a new creation. In the past, I used to drink. No, in God's books, it never happened. In the past, I used to sleep around. In God's books, that never happened. In the past, I used to do this or that. That never happened in God's books. Because now we're free, forgiven, forgotten, forever. No more record. Moses comes to the Red Sea. Israel is there with him. The Red Sea is in front. God led them there purposely so they would see his power. The Egyptians behind them. The people of Israel said, we're trapped. Moses said, no, we're not. Because see, they saw the Egyptians. They saw the sea. He saw God. And the Lord said, pick up that rod and divide the ocean. It's not something uh, understood in the flesh, like what does a piece of wood do? How can a piece of wood help you? But when God says, pick it up, he saw God. He, he did not see the Egyptians or the Red Sea. He saw the Lord. He saw the Word. And he moved in and that sea divided. David, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? You're with me. So David did not see the valley of death. That's it. A terrifying place. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a, that's a very frightening place. But he never saw it. He said, you're with me. He saw the Lord. So in your, in your life, when you live that kind of life, where you embrace the cross, and it brings you to the end of yourself, now you begin to live that new life, resurrected life. The life of Jesus begins to manifest in your life. And next thing you do, you know you're living in the spirit. You're no longer living in the flesh with its limitations. You are living with no limitations. Now you see God. Think about Daniel in the lion's den. He ignored the lions because he saw God. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that furnace. It didn't affect them. No limitations. I'm telling you, God will bring you into that place. You know, Jesus on the cross completely ignored what they said against him. Didn't pay attention to what they said because his eye says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He, he did not listen to the mockings and all the insults. He didn't pay attention to what they had done to him. Even to the very pain in his body, he saw the joy set before him. So he did not see what was going on. He listened to it. He was seeing the Father's will being done. The church Coming into the, the kingdom, he saw God. Wow. He saw the promises of God. He didn't see anything else. And so we, we see in Isaiah 49 an amazing scripture about how the Lord was deaf and didn't speak. And you know, he says, who is deaf as my servant? Who's perfect like the one who is deaf and mute? Cause on the cross, he didn't respond. On the cross, he didn't listen to anything. Even before Pilate. They wouldn't, wouldn't even answer. Why? He was focused on the will of God. 
That is living in the spirit. Paul the apostle. How can Paul write Philippians in a prison? I was there in that prison. I went there with my son Joshua years ago. They lowered Paul's body from a, a pit like a, like a hole. And there he was chained writing Philippians. How can a, can a man say rejoice again? I say rejoice in that place. That even now you wonder how can a man even survive? He saw God. And I can go on and on and on about people. How can Richard Rombrandt, one of the most amazing saints that ever lived, who started the voice of the martyrs, I heard him preach years ago in Canada. His face was shiny like an angel. Talked about being put in a pit in Siberia. For two or three weeks, naked, they wanted to kill him for his faith. No food, no water, no rest. Yet when they, they couldn't kill him, they pulled him out, still warm and fed and strong. It amazed the soldiers, how can this man survive all this? He saw God. And you, no matter what place you are, you are in today, it's Jesus, isn't it? Looking upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was said before him, he endured the cross. We can endure anything today through him. Lord, I give you praise. Come on. Lord, I give you praise. Let them live in that world, that new place of the spirit, that realm of the spirit, where they will not see the natural. They will see you, Lord. They'll see your word and promises. Yes, Lord, let them embrace the cross. Let them see the victories of Calvary in their own life daily. Let them live in the Spirit. We give you praise, honor, dominion, majesty. Heal them now, Lord. Set them free even from this by this word. I see somebody with skin cancer getting healed. Didn't even plan on that. I see someone with skin cancer on your back, to be exact. You have skin cancer on your back. The doctor told you recently that they found cancer on your skin in the back because you couldn't even see it. And you have to go in for some kind of treatment. You felt heat go through you when I said that. That's the power of God. Lord, heal that man. It's it's a man I'm talking about. You know what? If you need a healing, just lift your hands and ask for it. Because in the cross there is deliverance from sickness too. Heal, Lord. Deliver your people now. In the name of Jesus. I see swelling on someone's face. A lot of swelling. I don't know what caused it. But receive your healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I worship you. An alcoholic named Jimmy. Be free today, Jimmy. Be free from that devil of alcohol. Be free in Jesus' name today. As you call upon the Lord Jesus, you'll be free today in Jesus' name. And Lord, bless your people financially today. Prosper them mightily. Mightily, Lord, mightily. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, it's time to give to the Lord's work. I pray this has been a blessing. Two days for you, sure. I've been blessed myself much. Now let's give to the Lord's work so we can be blessed financially. So God will bless our future too. So you can give right now on the platform you're watching me on uh, to Benin Ministries. Or you can go to our website, benin.org. Or you can simply text BHM. Four five seven seven seven, and help me build my YouTube channel.
it's really growing rapidly, organically. I'm not even using companies to help me. Just people talking. You sweet people are talking to other people. So help me build it. Tell your friends about our YouTube channel. It's growing. And you can watch us too, by the way, live on our website. Uh, every single day live. Okay, New Year's Eve is coming up. We're going to have a beautiful service on all social media platforms. And I thank God for all those great platforms that we have, the Facebooks and the others, so we can be a blessing to you. I'll see you again tomorrow, another great program on Prophecy tomorrow. I'm going to be teaching on current events. There's so much happening today, we've got to talk about it. Much love. Bye-bye.